Hello and welcome to the top story, the podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the helpful correspondents from around the world. I'm Wang Zhang. Coming up in this edition, over 40 people are dead and more than 100 injured in a suicide bomb attack at a political rally in northwest Pakistan. Ecowas has given the military junta in Niger a week's time to return President Mohamed Bazoum to power, and heavy rains have killed at least two people in Beijing. We start off in Asia. More than 40 people have been killed and over 100 others injured in a suicide bomb attack at a political rally in northwest Pakistan. Amongst the victims in the attack was the prominent leader of the Jamiat Ulamai Islam Party, a government coalition partner. Daniel Khan has more. The scene at the blast site was chaotic, with scores of dead and wounded rushed to Bajor District Hospital. Those in critical condition were airlifted to Peshawar by Pakistan Army helicopters. Eyewitnesses say that there were more than 500 people at the convention in the northwest Bajor district when the explosion occurred. Party leaders called for an investigation, urging Prime Minister Shahbaz Sharif and the government to take action. Members were urged to donate blood to help those hurt. Foreign Minister Bilawal Bhutto Zardari and former President Asif Ali Zardari also condemned the blast, calling for the perpetrators and their supporters to be brought to justice. The leader of the Jamaat-e-Islami Party. Pointed out、uh, the failure of the government's security plan and called for an urgent joint session of parliament to address the growing terrorism problem in the tribal districts. Pakistan has seen an increase in attacks over the past year. Those Daniel Khan reporting from Islamabad. Still in Asia, intense rainfall that has been battering North China has killed at least two people in Beijing. China's National Meteorological Center has renewed the highest level red alert for rainstorms for the northern parts of the country. Authorities say more than 30,000 people have been evacuated from flood-prone areas in Beijing, with forecasters expecting heavy downpours to last until Tuesday night. With the coastal Zhejiang province activating emergency responses, meantime floodwaters are receding in Fujian province, which was hit by Typhoon Doksuri. Ubin reports. A red alert remains in force even after Typhoon Doksuri has passed through. Nan'an in South China's Fujian province suffered heavy rainfall. Parts of the city are still underwater. This town was hit by heavy rainfalls. The water level is probably about 30 to 40 centimeters.、Uh, I was told it's already、uh, lowering、uh, for the day, and the, for the highest level could reach over one meter. So it is still very dangerous, and various rescue teams are here to evacuate people. Authorities tell us the town's low elevation means it's more susceptible to the impact of heavy rainfall. It started raining heavily Friday morning and decreased a bit in the afternoon, and a rainstorm came Saturday morning. Meteorological experts say this is the worst rainfall to hit Nang'an since 1961. Much of the town was covered in water, trapping people in their homes. Multiple rescue teams arrived immediately. On Saturday, a pregnant woman was among ten people trapped by flooding on their way to an evacuation site. The local fire department used the excavation equipment to rescue them. We have to be more careful in rescuing pregnant women and also when rescuing children. The waters may go up to an adult's waist, but maybe up to shoulders in children. More than 50 people were trapped by the torrential rain. The water level peaked at around three meters, and rescue teams has been using canoes to reach people one by one. <laughs> Hundreds of residents have been evacuated. 
No deaths were reported in Fujian province due to the now downgraded typhoon Daksuri. But the estimated initial economic loss across the province is over 3 billion yuan, or about 420 million U.S. dollars. The residents' attention will soon turn to hard work of rebuilding their homes. That was Wu Bing reporting from Fujian. Moving on to Africa. West African leaders have imposed financial sanctions and threatened to use force if the military junta in Niger does not reinstate President Mohamed Bazoum within a week. The Economic Community of West African States announced the punitive measures to take against the coup leaders in a meeting held in Nigeria's capital, Abuja. The 15-nation ECOWAS decision came as supporters of the coup helped demonstrations in the capital, Niamey, and attacked the French embassy. Ajek Mangat reports. The uh, Economic Community of West African uh, States, uh, that's ECOWAS, shared by Nigeria's President uh, Bola Tinubu, has uh, condemned the takeover of uh, President Mohamed Bazoum's government in strong terms. In the event the authorities' demands are not met within one week, take all measures necessary to restore constitutional order in the Republic of Niger. Such measures may include the use of force. The ECOWAS is going to cut off uh, financial support uh, to Niger, uh, to cut off trade as well to the landlocked uh, country. I want us to be strong, forceful and resolute about the survival of Basum as well as the freedom and restoration of the constitutionally elected body in Nigeria. Uh, ECOWAS also suspend uh, Niger from the regional bloc, as is the case uh, with Mali and Burkina Faso when the military took over the governments of those uh, countries. It was the people of Niger who came out to demonstrate their discontent with a policy that has lasted 12 years. I think things are clear. We are telling ECOWAS that Niger belongs to us. It's not up to an individual from ECOWAS to come and insult himself on behalf of Niger. We reaffirm our support for the army. But the coup leaders in Niger have, uh, you know, warned against uh, any military intervention from the ECOWAS and they've called on citizens in the capital, Niamey, to come out and protest against any military intervention by the ECOWAS. We've seen the uh, European Union and, of course, France uh, cutting off uh, financial support to the country. The U.S. has also said it could do so. So Niger was seen as uh, a key ally or uh, an important partner in trying to fight this insurgency that has, you know, created a humanitarian crisis. And many fear that with this recent takeover of the government in Niger, uh, it could complicate the efforts in trying to fight uh, insecurity. That was a Jack Mungut in Nigeria. Still in Africa... The Central African Republic awaits the final result of a constitutional referendum that could allow the president to extend his term in office. Although voting took place without incident in the capital, Bangui, there are concerns that voter turnout was not as high as some had expected. Robert Nagila reports from Bangui. This is the second time that Nanette, a resident of Bangui, is taking part in a constitutional vote. I voted because I believe it's the only way the country will move forward and realize development. Nanette is among the 1.5 million registered voters in the country expected to vote for or against a new constitution. 
It's my responsibility as a citizen to participate in this because the government says that we need the developers and development. At a polling station inside a secondary school in Wanka, in the capital, Bangui, an electoral official tells me the voting exercise went on without incident. It's been okay, no challenges. A few people could not find their names, but we helped them. With hardly any queues at many polling stations, the process barely took most voters a couple of minutes. In the last constitutional poll in 2015, voter turnout was about 38%. Some of the polling stations we've visited appear to have had a low turnout, but that may yet change as this exercise nears its end. People came in the morning. There are not so many people now, but maybe after church services, more will come. But the country's opposition and civil society groups had called on their supporters to boycott the vote, claiming the process was not inclusive. If passed, the proposed new constitution will change the country's governing structure, including extending presidential terms from five to seven years and removing a two-term limit for president. It's still too early to tell what percentage of voters participated in the poll, but the results will be known in the next few days. Current President Fouston Archange Twadera was elected in 2016 and won a second five-year term in 2020. He says a new constitution is important to forge a new path for the country, but not everyone agrees with him. That was Robert Nagila reporting from the Central African Republic. In Europe, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has warned that war is returning to Russia's territory as Ukraine launches drone attacks on Moscow and Crimea. Russia says it downed three Ukrainian drones on Sunday, with two crashing into office buildings in the Russian capital. Meantime, Deputy Chairman of the Russian Security Council Dmitry Medvedev says Russia will use a nuclear weapon if the Ukrainian counteroffensive is a success. Dasha Chenisheva reports. The Russian Ministry of Defense has accused Ukraine of attempting to carry out an act of terrorism against the civilian infrastructure. We understand that three drones were uh, involved in this attempt to attack the Russian capital. One of those has been uh, crushed and destroyed in the Moscow region in the Adinsova area. Another two drones have been jammed by the electronic warfare and the debris of those drones have crashed in the Moscow city area. This is the vibrant area where business corporations, some ministries are all having offices. But just to remember, this is not the first attack by the Ukrainian drones against the Russian capital just over the course of this week. It is already the third one. All that taking place this week and that's not the uh, the first attempt. We have heard before the attack of the Ukrainian drone against the Kremlin and even more. So certainly we understand the Russian authorities are noticing that those attacks are increasing and the Moscow authorities are saying they're doing everything possible to beef up the security so that those drones are being jammed or destroyed before they reach their targets. That was Dasha Chenishova in Moscow. In North America, an evacuation order has been issued for the Canadian town of Soyuz and its surrounding districts as an out-of-control wildfire crosses the border from the U.S. state of Washington. The British Columbia Wildfire Service says the blaze is nearly 900 hectares in size on the Canadian side of the border. Meantime, record-breaking temperatures and thunderstorm have hit northeastern United States. A severe heat warning was in effect for Washington earlier, but it has since been lifted. Sean Caleb has more on how extreme weather is affecting the country. 
perfect weather in Washington, D.C. on Sunday. Temperatures in the low 30s, very little humidity, a dramatic change in conditions. A heat dome was over this region, but a violent storm blew through late Saturday afternoon, forcing all that hot air out, but it came at a cost. Rain pouring down, wind gusting to about 135 uh, kilometers per hour. Some 200,000 people were without power and authorities are investigating the possibility that one person was killed in this storm when a tree fell on his house, crushing him. This storm then moved into the northeast areas of New Hampshire and Boston, and authorities are saying that this kind of storm, this type of violent storm that comes through is certainly a product of climate change, and that's something that's getting a lot of attention this summer, the hottest July uh, on record. And now attentions are being focused on the extreme south in Antarctica. A massive ice melt has now been uh, recorded since authorities first started keeping uh, tabs on just how much ice was there. They believe they've lost amount of ice that would equal the size of the country of Argentina. Uh, severe. Now in the past, in the summer, the ice would melt. In the winter, it would come back. But this year, it's not coming back. So authorities are trying to figure out exactly what's going on. But they say one thing to climate deniers, you can no longer uh, deny that the warmer conditions are having an adverse effect on the climate. That was Sean Caleb's reporting. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. Over 40 people are dead following a suicide bomb in northwest Pakistan. ECOWAS is threatening to use force if the military junta in Niger does not reinstate President Mohamed Mazoum within a week. And heavy rains have been sweeping through the Chinese capital, killing at least two people. That concludes this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Hong thank you for listening. <laughs>